Khaleesi. Khaleesi, if you walk across the sea of tears, you will... Now, you may be listening to the beginning of the podcast and thinking, uh, oh, this is strange. Are we joined by Sajura Mormon from uh, Game of Thrones? You're really into it at the moment, aren't you? I'm absolutely loving Game of Thrones. I, I didn't want to watch it for ages. I don't know why. I don't know why I was so against it. And you guys, were, you know, you've watched it and thought it was brilliant, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure. It's a load of oiled-up dragons and stuff. And it's absolutely brilliant. I can't get enough of it. But what I like is, as you've demonstrated right at the beginning of this particular episode of The Daily Takeaway, it's added another niche impression to your portfolio of voices that you do. Khaleesi, if you get down from your horse and walk across the Sea of Dragons, surely the Lords of Winterfell will bow. And I want to kiss you. He wants to really get off with her, doesn't he? Does. He <laughs> You've really worked that one out the pretty whole quickly. Thing, he just wants to get off with her. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We have been the number one hometime show for counting down uh, the days left of the school summer holidays. I'm sure you'll agree. Yes, it's been an ever-present thing during this uh, the past few weeks, isn't it? For me personally, finding a different task to keep a five-year-old uh, amused as the summer holidays have gone on every morning. And today, uh, I went with spreading compost uh, across the garden lawn. Uh, wow. That's, but, like, uh, that's like a chain gang type. You know, something you might do if you were... Pretty much. If you were in prison, chained by the ankles. But I thought about it, and I thought, if you're a five-year-old and someone said to you, here's a bag of compost, what I want you to do is put that little shovel in there and you can chuck it wherever you want. You're going to love that, aren't you? Hey, did you explain to him that it is like, like poo? Is it poo? I didn't tell him that. Because I, I think he'd have liked that even more. <laughs> he probably would have Kids love that stuff. <laughs> no, I, I, I told him how it was going to quilt the seeds and the seeds would grow better, and I went a little bit too literal and scientific. You missed a trick there. But I think it's one of those things that you have to do. Everyone has cherished childhood memories of really dull jobs that their parents made them do. At the time, you thought, this is great. Yeah. Now, as an adult, you look back and you think, I can't believe I was made to do that. What a joke. <laughs> well, we used to go to my dad's work quite a lot. Uh, my dad's uh, a systems analyst, a computer programmer in, in Bristol and Trowbridge and the West Country and all that kind of stuff. So I remember we used to go into work with him quite a bit. Must have been during school holidays, yeah. I guess, like when there was childcare issues. But, I mean, me and my brother used to just sit there and draw. Like, he worked at Bowyer's, you know, they make the sausages. Yeah. But he used to do the computers for Bowyer's. So he'd go to, like, a place where they were, like, making sausages. <laughs> Really grim, because you could hear the noise of it in Trowbridge and stuff as well. But we'd sit there and, like, draw on that. Remember that green printer, green and white striped printer yes, paper? Yeah. In the 80s, with the, the yeah. rip-awayable margins? Yeah. He used to spend hours just drawing on that. He used to love it. I remember going into my dad's accountancy office and sorting treasury tax <laughs> uh, in a basement where a photocopy was, thinking, this is great, I'm in a workplace, and all that kind of thing. Sorting treasury tax wasn't even a job. Well, how did you sort them, though? Sort them into what? <laughs> 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 the, the, the long ones, the short ones, the medium ones. I didn't even know there was different sizes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Fair yeah. play, I should have sorted my own out. They're all green. <laughs> um, if you have a cherished memory of doing a very boring job with a parent, what was it? Helen Fraser's been on. Oh, Helen, yeah, go on. The Phrasemeister. Yes, Phrasemeister General. It says, my dad was also a computer programmer in the 1980s, but like my dad, Nigel, and the paper, uh, th that paper to draw on was amazing, still had some years later. We're talking about that weird green and white striped <laughs> computer paper that I didn't even think was still around anymore. Now. I don't reckon anyone's printing on it anymore. It's a shame, though, isn't it? But I, I respect Helen for still keeping some for drawing on. It's what you would have got a printout on <laughs> in that uh, that movie War Games. Yeah. Say that like World War Three kicked off or something. Cole says you used to have dozens of silver trinkets, like a, a sugar bowl or a spoon or a goblet or random ornaments. They were all in a glass cabinet. Nobody ever looked at them. But every couple of months, Mum would make us sit at the table with a tub of silvo 
polished them all. Took hours. That's uh, that's uh, slave labour, I that, think it, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, these cherished memories. Mandy and Accrington. I got told to sort out the green shield stamps when Dad had been to the garage in the 80s. I was given the job of sticking them in the book, <laughs> which I loved. Took great care sticking them in as neatly as I could. The good thing is, although it sounds mundane at the time, people still remember it to this day. Exactly. So it's, so it's had an effect. Alex says, when I was 14, my dad had me and my 12-year-old sister down holes underpinning the foundations on our new house. Not exactly a cherished memory, but not easily forgotten too. Scarred. Uh, Fiona's hanging on. What's your memory, Fiona? Yeah, my dad used to always rope me into um, painting creosote on fences with him. And I love the smell. Even though they don't make it anymore, it's not legal. But Fiona, your your dad isn't uh, Mr. Miyagi, is he by any chance? No, no, he was a uh, he was a policeman. <laughs> was it like teaching you a lesson thing? Because I remember the big thing about Karate Kid was Mr. Miyagi was making Daniel do the fences and that, but that was to teach him how to block in in yeah. karate. Was your dad teaching you a life lesson there with the creosote? Well, I really enjoy decorating now, so I think he must have done. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stuff were you were you wearing to to do this kind of stuff? Because my memory of creosote, uh, not that you're allowed to use it these days, is um, it was mucky. Yeah, yeah, it was very mucky. And silly girls of about seven or eight years old decided they wanted to wear their brand new pink to purple global hypercolour t-shirt. Oh dear, that's not decorating gear. That isn't not at all. I tell you what, right? I've never no. been anywhere near creosote. Haven't you? Don't, don't even know what it smells like. I've got no concept <laughs> of creosote. It smells like chemicals you shouldn't be smelling. You know when you sniff pens? Yeah, but sometimes yeah. that feels good. It does. It really does, and it brings back amazing memories. And I just lost my dad five weeks ago. Oh, sorry um, to hear that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those memories are even more special now, but they were... even back then. Uh, well, he sounds like an amazing guy, and those memories still live on, so lovely to speak to you, and thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Jacob says, My mum used to make me massage her feet and back, telling me that I was in training to become a masseuse, which wow. she said, in her words, earned big money. There's, there's, there's child labour issues. <laughs> no. Uh, Bill in North Yorkshire says, Mucking out the cow sheds when I was about five or six with my dad. I thought at the time I was a real farmer. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Nadine, what do you remember? My sister and I used to go to work with my mum, um, and we found great joy in using one of the big old-fashioned um, pencil sharpeners that were attached to the desk with, where you put pencil in and you've got the, the handle to sharpen it. Yeah, I mean, we were, only, were we talking about this the other day on the show? Like, what happened to the old-fashioned turn-handle <laughs> pencil sharpeners? Because that was a real thing in the 70s and 80s and you don't see them anymore now. No, they were great. It just kept us busy for hours. Sharpening pencils. And it's one of those jobs as well where you think, we're busy, we're using a really cool device, but really, when you look back at it, those pencils didn't need to be sharpened, did they? <laughs> no. They were probably shortened the life by about 50%. I bet you, though, if you close your eyes right now, you can smell that smell, that pencil sharpening smell. Yes. It takes you right back, doesn't it? Definitely. If there's something coming straight to mind to you, we want to hear about it. 8, 12, 15, pop us a text. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. We were talking last night on the show about a guy playing a harmonica on Richie's train home, yeah. right? So there's, there's this fella playing a harmonica, uh, and I was just saying that I think the worst musical instrument in the world is obviously the Irish tin whistle. It is a pipe that has come directly from hell. And if it, I tell you, if it's played by the likes of your James Galways or one of the Bewitched sisters, it sounds beautiful. But 99.5% of the rest of the population, the Irish tin whistle is an absolute monstrosity. And what makes, makes me laugh as well is that they've got them in different keys, haven't they? Like A, B and C, yeah. and that, as if it makes any difference. They're all <laughs> awful. 
And let's, I reckon let's get into it this hour of the show, because I get a lot of stick last night about people saying, oh, come on, Bush, t- Irish Tim Whistle's lovely and all that kind of thing. No, it's not, it's horrendous. So if, if people are disagreeing with me, let's find out in this hour of the show what is the world's worst musical instrument. I am going to double down. I'm going to double down on the mouth organ. Even though, like, you've got the kind of blues, like the blues mouth organ and all that kind of stuff, you just think it's a bad instrument. As you have acknowledged with your Irish tin whistle, there are people who, in their hands, it can sound angelic. Yes. Right? And there, there are some fantastic blues magicians... Magicians? A blues musician! <laughs> that uh, be will be ever so good with a harmonica, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? It'll be some kind of, uh, you know, one-man band, Herbert, or... Uh, yeah, someone know, on a stick, or, playing on the sticks <laughs> exactly. on, with, a, with a guitar at the same time. Or generally someone on a train who's who's had a few sherbets and then on the way home and wants to inflict it on the rest of the carriage, or, or someone who's bought a multi-buy magazine and is learning to play it and really isn't very good and shouldn't be doing it in a public space. Yeah. So, so you're, you're putting forward harmonica, worst musical instrument of all time. Yes, I am. I still think, though, you can get a better tune out of a harmonica than you can with a flipping Irish tin whistle. <laughs> Come on, Ireland. Outlaw them or something. They're <laughs> awful. I, also, as well, I learned clarinet growing up to grade three and it was terrible. I was t- a badly played clarinet is one of the worst things on this planet. <laughs> I murdered a load of hymns. I really, really did. Uh, Nick has texted to say the worst musical instrument is any trumpet brandished by the England Supporters Band. Ah. Can't argue with that. Yeah, very specific. We're with you on that. Craig in Stockport is saying it's the recorder. Why do schools sell them? Teachers are sat there laughing their socks off, thinking of how many tormented parents are pulling their hair out and lying to the kids saying they're brilliant. It's a good point. And no, I don't think anyone plays recorder after school, like beyond school age. I don't think it's even a thing. Uh, Kenny, who's watching what he calls the non-corrupt Champions League draw, says it has to be the triangle, three corners, three sides, so surely makes the same sound whichever way you ping it after a massive riff. That's a good point. And then someone here says, we were in Nova Scotia, and we spoke to some Americans who said we must love to hear the bagpipe playing, just like home. And we pointed out that we were English and consider it to be sounding like a cat being strangled. <laughs> lot of votes for bagpipes this evening. Uh, Ryan, what are you voting for? It's got to be the banjo, mate. It's an absolute nightmare. So, but like, what about like Mumford and Sons and all their fun kind of banjo music? No, no, it's good without the banjo, mate. You don't need a banjo. <laughs> don't need a banjo. <laughs> What's a banjo and a trampoline got in common? Don't know. Never get bored of jumping on it. <laughs> oh, he hates he hates banjos, doesn't it's, he? It's almost I as if a bad incident has happened in his life with a banjo. But like, there's something kind of fun and innocent about banjos. It's the it's the, it's the sound to like you know people being chased. You know, chase music, isn't it? Yes. With, the, with the banjo on the go there, like like uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard car chase. Yes. Yeah, but no one likes being chased, do they? Dukes of Hazard, not the same show without the banjo. And Mumford and Sons, I know we spoke about them earlier, but if you if you put a different guitar yeah. in the hands of the Mumfords and the Sons, um, then it wouldn't sound the same. No, it'd sound better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going to turn this guy around. Uh, Ryan, uh, good to speak to you, and just give banjos a chance. Uh, I might do, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mike says it has to be the glockenspiel. It's a keyboard for people with anger management issues. No, a glockenspiel played well. It's brilliant. If, if in a kind of like, you know, brother and sister taking turns and swapping sides. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that when we were kids, when children's TV was different, yeah. like they, they'd always end Blue Peter with someone playing like a glockenspiel, and it was, it was kind of interesting. Never really known the difference between glockenspiel and xylophone. Same thing. Is it just exactly the same thing? Different words, yeah. For the same thing, absolutely the same thing. Why have why have two different words for that? Don't know. If you're in the music industry, we need to answer some questions tonight. Uh, Maggie's in Eastbourne says worst musical instrument the saw. 
<gasps> what would all the street entertainers in Bath City <laughs> Centre do if that was the case? Yeah. Uh, we have Laura on the line. Laura, what musical instrument are you putting forward? I'm putting forward the bassoon. You think the bassoon is the worst instrument in the world, Laura? I do. Uh, but only for the first six months of learning it. After that, it's beautiful. So once you break through that kind of barrier to entry for the bassoon, then it's suddenly plain sailing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, that would be a wind instrument, wouldn't it, your bassoon? It is, yes. Um, I don't even know what it looks like. I genuinely don't know what... It's, a, it's this show tonight. Didn't know anything about creosote. Now I don't know about bassoons. D- describe a bassoon to a Bush. Uh, so it's a long pipe that's bent back on itself a couple of times. It's wooden, um, and you mostly have to sit down to play it because it's quite big and heavy to hold. You can play it standing up with a neck strap as well. Wow. And have there been any, like, you know, famous songs that have had bassoon on them? Uh, in the Hall of Mountain King, or the Alton Towers theme tune, is uh, quite known for it. <laughs> so, the Alton Towers theme tune. Alton Towers theme tune and the Lion And uh, did you have to learn one? Have you been forced to learn one? Or do you know how to play bassoon? I do. So I um, took it up when I was 11. Um, so for the first year, probably, I found it terrible. But after that, I got up to grade six, and it was uh, yeah, a fun one to play. But wow. do you know what? You talk about the first six months, right? Surely any 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 instrument when someone's learning it is going to sound bad because there's a, a, a bad tune coming out of it. But So what's bad about the bassoon during that first six months? What is the sound that you would hear? It's a proper sort of honking sound. So it's a double reed, not like a clarinet, It's um, oh. which is a single reed. Um, so it's really hard to get your mouth shape right. Do you know what? Are you even saying that now? Learning clarinet when I was a kid, there's something horrible about a reed covered in gob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And double reeds just worse than single reeds. I thought we were sounding highbrow for a while there, talking about double reeds, and then you went about gobs. So uh, there we are. We're back at our level. This is the daily takeaway. It's Bush and Ritchie about to take on the English Dictionary. We do it every week. Finding words uh, for situations in life that haven't yet had a word. We've had all these years to create one, but we haven't. It's find a word for. We've noticed there's so many gaps in the English language. We're trying to put it right every Thursday night on home time. Uh, This week, we're trying to find a word for that thing where you get a second successive day's wear out of a pair of pants. Because it happens. It does happen it sometimes. Happens, yeah. For whatever reason, you're caught short, you're on holiday, you haven't packed enough, that kind of thing. No, I wouldn't want anyone thinking that we're finding a word for that today because that's the situation that we're in. Well, we can, we can, we can guarantee that's not oh, the I case. I can guarantee that's not the case. I can guarantee that as well. I think. Good. So, look, if, you, if you've got a, a good idea for something where you've, you've had a second day out of pants, uh, let us know. I'm going to start with... I've got two, right? Two. Okay. First one's quite straightforward. Call it a rollover. <laughs> yeah, see what you've done there, yeah. The other one's a bit weird. I'm thinking Logan's Run. How are you... OK, go on then. That's just a second... Just. I'll tell you what today, I've got Logan's Run. Okay. Second day on a pair of pants. <laughs> not so sure about that one. I'm not so sure. It's, it's a cryptic <laughs> reference. I've gone inside drought. That's good, I like it. <laughs> you got a drought. You got a drought on the pants. So you're wearing them inside out, inside drought. So if you were to, to second day to inside drought a pair of, mm-hmm. of underwear, would you would you go inside out for the second day? Yes. See, I'd just go same set. No, that's grim. Both both days on the No, that's grim. Is that grim, is it? I inside drought it. Okay, well now and now we at least we all know where I stand where we stand and our producer's got his head in his hands. So let's just get out of this as quick as we can. You can get a third day. That's madness. Third day's madness. <laughs> Deary me. Well, we're getting a real insight into the world of Richie Firth here. 
what, what is it then? A word for the second successive day's wear out of a pair of pants. Have to address this one, though, from Cathy. She says, lads, there's no words for it apart from dirty. Can't argue with that. Pantomonium. Says Matt. Great. Wild and dirty disorder. Uproar. Thank you. JB Sorbo on text says dual runnings. <laughs> Which I think is fantastic. Uh, Paul, what you got for us? Undercracker stacker. <laughs> the undercracker stacker. <laughs> yeah. So could you put it into an example for us? You know, like normally in the English dictionary they've got a usage. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, it's the second day, you've opened up the, uh, the luggage, there's nothing in there. Oh, shoot, I'm going to have to go in for an undercracker stacker. <laughs> Love it. I like it. I like it. I don't want to pick holes in it, but another technicality here. Generally, when you stack something, you put something on top. Yes. Um, so this would imply that um, getting the second day wear out, you're putting another pair of pants on top of the pants well, already. Maybe, or maybe you could just be looking at uh, you're stacking one day on top of another. I don't know. It, it, it was just I'm driving, and it was just something that sprung to mind. No, it's, but, but don't don't apologise for no, your no, idea. No, no I, I shouldn't have challenged. No, you. It's, if anything, yeah, I mean, maybe Richie's been a bit rash there, closing <laughs> that one down. <laughs> Debbie is in Norfolk and has come up with pan two. I like that. It sounds <laughs> like a, a planet in Star Wars. <laughs> it does. Very dirty planet. <laughs> Dirty, dirty planet. Right, let's go to the phones. John, what are you saying? I was saying anti-commando. <laughs> <laughs> so, to use it in its parlance in a sentence, I might say to Bush, oh, I've gone anti-commando today. That's right, yes, because, I mean, if you... No pants at all, you're usually commando, aren't you? So, if you're going into the second day of another pair of pants, so it's anti-commando. That's very good. But, like, normally, if you were just wearing normal pants, then that would, would that not be anti-commando in itself as well? Because you are... That's a very good point. There is, there is a loophole in this, John, I'm afraid. Well, not really. It's just wearing pants, isn't it, normally? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Oh, this is where we've descended to. Good to talk to you, John. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Right then, it's any other business. Yeah, your chance to get back in touch, and there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense that goes on in this show. So there's a lot to come back to us on hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. A lot of people have been getting in touch about our feature, Mind Blown. Uh, yes, uh, a lot been getting in touch, saying the chat that was on earlier this week, uh, saying about the word helicopter uh, coming. Tricky, from... <laughs> I believe his name was. <laughs> it was tricky. Was talking absolute rubbish. Heli Latin for flight copter. Latin translation. Capsule, your man is talking rubbish. So, because we were quite bowled over by that, we were. Yeah, this is quite. This feature is going to ruin my ability to trust people because <laughs> it was only not that long ago we were doing the whole. You know how many count how many days oh, years don't. it is since your date of birth, etc. I believe that as well. Uh, when mind blown comes back next Tuesday, everyone behave. All right, just behave yourselves. And if you've got a fact you want to hit us with or a hack, home time at absoluteradio.co.uk. Richie's Daily Takeaway. There you go. There's the podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, started off by talking about me being into Game of Thrones, but initially, uh, like, being a bit reluctant. Richie, what about this then? Are you going to gonna try a TV show that you've, you've been reluctant to start for some reason or whatever reason and open um, your mind? Uh, I've never... I've not been reluctant to, but I've been... I've stubbornly never watched The Sopranos. Ooh. Now, that is... That would be good. That so, would be great. I've never seen it either. That could be... Oh, we'll watch it together. We'll do that split-screen thing. Yes, Soprano Party. 